Welcome to Pep Talk, a podcast from the Professional Edge Project. My name is JP Edgington, I'm the head coach and creator of the Professional Edge Project, and in this podcast, I'll be talking about how we can enhance our personal and professional effectiveness, how we can increase our mental resilience, how we can increase our calm, our composure, our confidence, our capacity and our capability, all for the benefit of our professional and our personal lives, since each has an impact on the other. If you like what you hear, I'd love to hear from you. It would be great if you could share it as well. But more importantly, more important than that, if something I cover resonates, then I urge you to take some action off the back of it. Even if it's something small, take some action off the back of it. Information is pointless without application. Thanks in advance. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy days to listen to this, but I really hope that you get some value, you get something that can actually make your lives a bit easier, give you some clarity on your day, give you some more confidence and allow you to go out there and and do what you do best. Let's go. Pep Talk, episode 28. Okay, so today what I'd like to talk about is the importance of getting specific and making sure that that specificity is realistic. So maybe it's getting specific and getting realistic. Now, when we're looking to progress, develop ourselves, whether that's professionally or personally, um, and, and developing ourselves professionally and personally, is going to make us feel good, okay? If we're doing a bit of self-development, if, we, if we're working on ourselves, it always feels good. Progression makes us feel good. And as I've mentioned before, it's important to make sure that we are tracking that progress. Even if it's small, small steps, that's what's important. So just recently, I've um, done a bunch of workshops and I gave a talk uh, not long ago on the imposter syndrome and we kind of ended the... Um, the talk on imposter syndrome because one of the key common sorry common narratives that pops up with the imposter syndrome is things like you know I'm not good enough and the question I like to come back with is and go okay define good enough get specific and at the same time be realistic these are the key things because all too often we'll, ha- we'll make these statements I'm not good enough, I need more time, you know, I need to be valued. Um, Or even then things like, we need to increase staff morale, I want to increase procedural compliance. Whatever it happens to be, all of those things are vague. They're great starting points, do not get me wrong on that, they are great starting points. Much like if we want to look at personal development, I want to get fitter. Brilliant. Brilliant starting point, but vague as hell. How do you know when you're going to get there? And I know we've covered this before, but it's such an important thing. If I have covered it before, then, you know, I'm not going to make any apologies for covering it again. It's something I have to keep reminding myself about and keep myself in check. And it's just a common uh, obstacle, if you like. Yeah. So in a lot of the work I do is we will look at the obstacles and then we'll turn them into opportunities or realise their opportunities, reframe them, 
and figure out some strategies. And one thing is, is vagueness is, is a killer of goals. Okay. So getting specific, but in a realistic way. Okay. I'm not good enough. Okay. Define good enough. Well, it has to be perfect. Well, perfect is also pretty damn vague unless you can get some specifics. So here's a couple of questions I'm going to ask, okay, to build on to this. So let's look at I'm not good enough. Okay, define good enough. What does good enough look like? Picture yourself being good enough. How do you act? How do you show up? Yeah. And be realistic. Oh, I do every single thing on time. I make no mistakes. Uh, okay, then we're missing out the realistic bit. Because again, perfectionism is, is, let's face it, unachievable. Nothing wrong with having high standards as long as they serve you. And the key thing here, I think, is maybe exchanging perfectionism for excellence. Because all of a sudden... It's a lot easier to agree on what maybe excellence looks like or we can agree high standards and what it looks like to reach those high standards without knowing where we're going, knowing what those high standards looks like, knowing what good enough is look like, uh, looks like. We are never going to get there. Or maybe we are already there or maybe we've passed it or maybe we're on completely the wrong path because we don't know what the destination looks like. But that destination needs to be specific and it needs to be realistic. I want to increase staff morale. Brilliant. Awesome starting point. A very important um, thing to look to achieve, but it's vague. Okay, you've got good staff morale. What does it look like? You walk in the door in the morning. How do you know if you've got good staff morale? Oh, everyone's happy and everyone loves their job. Obviously, that is unrealistic. You know, what does good staff morale look like? Oh, nobody goes off sick. Okay, you know, with stress. Uh, there's plenty of people in work that are stressed and with low morale. So, you know, we know that just going off sick is, is the... It's got to a pretty bad place by then. And no, it's not easy. If it was easy, we'd already know it and we'd already have achieved it. Okay? It's not easy. Just possible. It takes a bit of time to sit down and actually go, okay, what would that look like? I want to be successful. Excellent. What does success look like to you? Picture yourself being successful. How are you? How's your day? What does your day look like? Yeah? I've mentioned this before, I think, on work-life balance. Yeah? I want... You know, I want to improve my work-life balance. Great starting point, vague as hell. What does it look like? What does good work-life balance look like to you? Because there's another thing as well when it comes down to, let's say, imposter syndrome or the feelings of overwhelm. Okay, so there's lots of things that these things have been kind of in my focus over the last however many months because I've been working on... Um, talks and discussions and workshops and so on. So, you know, things like productivity, overwhelm, imposter syndrome uh, are just in my focus right now. Um, but say, you know, I feel overwhelmed or anytime you, you, you use that kind of 
narrative. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I don't feel good enough. I feel like a failure. I feel like it's all going to go wrong. Okay. How do you want to feel? And it's important to answer this. So if you go, I feel like an imposter. Okay. I don't feel good enough. How do you want to feel? Uh, I don't want to feel like an imposter. That again is quite vague. Okay, what's the opposite of feeling like an imposter? I want to feel like I belong. I want to feel competent. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. What is feeling competent? How are you going to know when you're there? Oh, I'll just know. Guess what? Vague. You probably won't. Or if you have, you know, this is where looking back in our past is so important. Because chances are, we will have felt competent, confident, calm, composed, like we belonged. We will have, you know, experienced uh, a time when staff morale was high or, you know, whatever it happens to be. Chances are we would have experienced it ourselves or witnessed it in another team or, or in other people. What was it specifically That, that, that enabled you to see it? What, what was it that they had? What was it that they were able to do? How did they behave? How did they hold themselves? How did they speak? What were their, you know, in terms of being calm or composed, you know, how do people that are calm and composed specifically act, behave, respond to different situations? How do they carry themselves physically? What's their speed or pitch of voice? Because what this will begin to give us is some metrics, some ways in which we can track whether we are on the way to that. And in many cases, we might actually realise that for some things, we're trying to aim for something that we can't define, like perfectionism. And in which case, we're on a bit of a hopeless mission, so we may as well switch to something else, like being able to aim for a excellence or being able to have high standards but again getting specific and realistic I mean they can be high don't get me wrong you know they can be big standards you know they can be things that drive you on and they should drive you on not freak you out otherwise what's the point in that but what we want is some metrics so that we can measure progress okay so that we can measure progress And again, I'm going to give you hopefully a bunch of stuff here to think about. It will take time. Take yourself off somewhere. Yeah. Go sit in a cafe, maybe. Go sit in a quiet park bench. Whatever it is, wherever it is you go for a bit of chill out time, a bit of you time, somewhere away from distractions. Yeah. With a notebook, not your phone. With a pen or a pencil. And let's say... Whatever it is that's going to be a common narrative, I don't feel good enough. Okay, well, let's sit down and let's define what good enough looks like. Sometimes that can be down to mirroring. Think of somebody you, who, in your mind, your perception of them is that they are, that they, they exude certain characteristics that you would also like to have. Yeah? You think that they are good enough. Yeah? And this is where. You know, often we'll compare ourselves to other people, but that comparison makes us feel pretty crap. But the 
there is only one benefit to comparison, and that is if it serves to drive us forward. We go, see that person there, the way in which they carry themselves, the way in which they, they behave, the way in which they respond, that, that's how I'd like to be. That's the standard. That What they've got there, that, that's the standard that I'd like to be. But in that, we still need to get specific as to what that is. They speak calmly. They always take a moment before they respond. Their tone of voice is this. They, you know, always do X before they do Y. You know what I mean? We're beginning to get specifics. And then you go, OK, how can I, you know, take on board some of that? I can't be somebody else, but certainly I can develop certain characteristics that I... Um, admire in other people and then start to you know bring that into my own actions and behavior but without specifics we're not going to get anywhere much like I want to get fitter Vegas hell great start place to start but you know you could go out for one one run come back have a rest day guess what you probably would be a little bit fitter but that I'm guessing that's not what you want I want to increase staff morale, go around giving everybody a hug, you know, uh, give them a bag of Haribo, £10 in the afternoon off. Everyone's going to be really happy. But I'm guessing you want sustainable staff morale. And also staff morale isn't about just being happy. And most morale, you know, the, 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 the strong, decent morale comes from shared overcoming of difficulties and experiences, you know, of, of difficult um, situations, yeah, rather than everything going perfectly. Think about it, you know, when you felt really strong and bonded as a team is often when you've had to overcome some adversity. You've had something come in left field, you've had to dig deep, pull together as a team and crack on. Morale is high, rather than just when things are all sweet and easy and everyone's quite happy. So morale and happiness are uh, kind of different. You know, I want to increase procedural compliance. Okay. If one person just does it, more often than not, well, you've just managed to achieve that, but I'm guessing that's not what you want. I want to uh, achieve 100% procedural compliance. Well, that's specific, uh, but it's also, you know, uh, probably unrealistic. <laughs> Good thing to aim for, but, you know, there, there may well be other increases or, or other metrics that you can use to see whether you're getting there or not. But the point being of this, unless we get specific on certain things, we're just going to be wandering around in the dark. If we do not have a direction or a destination, sorry, if we do not have a destination, how on earth do we know what direction we're going in? How on earth do we know whether we're getting close or not? And for so many people, like I had this the other day, and, and one of the things that came up was, I'm not good enough. Okay. Can you define good enough? No. Interesting. Can you give me three reasons why right now you're not good enough? Uh, no. Brilliant. Can you give me three specific logical factual reasons why you are good enough? And she could think of a bunch. So there was this thought, you know, I'm not good enough. Vague in itself. Good enough for what? Yeah, good enough for what? Good, good enough compared to who? Again, pointless. Good enough compared to where you are, where you want to be. Okay, where do you want to be? 
So this is what I'm just going to leave you with here, okay? You'll have these things that get in your head. Ask yourself, is this vague or is this very specific? Let's get specific and let's get realistic. What does it look like? How do you know when you're there? Or if it's a feeling, I don't feel competent. Yeah, or I want to feel more competent. Okay, what does that look like? How do you know when you're there? And then we can begin to look at how we can get there. I want to feel more confident and more competent. Okay. What if, what if you gained a qualification and a bunch of specific experience? And let's get specific on that. You know, if, I, if you, you know, did a bunch of voluntary work so that you could uh, gain 10 more um, speaking opportunities. Let's say you want to get more experienced in speaking or public speaking or presenting. Okay. I want to be more confident in speaking. Okay. How do you know when you're there? Okay. What is it that would mean that you are a confident speaker? I wouldn't be hesitant. I would walk in in a calmer state. And you can begin to see how we can begin to get some more specific. Some things aren't going to be like necessarily measurable. There, there will be three of this and this will be 10. And you know what I mean? We're not going to be like dialed down to the minutiae, but at least we should have a more specific outcome than just I want to be better. A great place to start. But then after that, the next thing has got to be some specific and realistic benchmarks and, and, and a realistic and as specific as we can get destination. Hopefully that's useful. Um, although hope isn't a strategy. Um, like anything and like everything that I tend to share, um, it's only going to be useful and beneficial to you if you sit down with a notebook and do the work. Writing it down rather than trying to think it through in your head, writing it down shifts blood flow and oxygen from the part of the brain that probably generated half of these doubts and concerns and and uh, what have you and shifts it into you know the frontal lobes. Um, shifts it into the cortex more so that you can think more clearly and rationally and that's the beauty of pen and paper yeah that's the beauty of pen and paper so let me know if it's useful if not um, yeah I'd love to hear from you either way take it easy